Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, uh, the text I want to focus on is our second lesson uh, to the Thessalonians. In the West, during the torrential spring rains, the rivers frequently rise and flood the lowlands. There was a little girl who lived in the valley of one of these mighty rivers. And one weekend, she was going with her parents to visit friends. While packing, she placed her dearest possession in her suitcase, a little rag doll. She made it with her own hands and cared for it with a mother's love. But her mother told her that she could not bring it with her because it was too dirty, threadbare, and fallen apart. Reluctantly, she left at home. Over the weekend, a sudden storm hit the valley, and the river reached over its banks and flooded all of the homes. The little girl stood on the hillside looking down into this flooded valley. All she could think of was her little rag doll. When she could return home, she rushed into the room, and her worst fear was realized. The flood had washed away her little rag doll. One day while she was in town, she happened to pass a salvage store where objects found in the muddy debris were sold to raise money for the flood victims. To her surprise and overwhelming joy, there was her little rag doll with a price tag on it, 25 cents. She had no money of her own. So she went back home and helped her mother clean up. She earned a few pennies. She also helped the neighbors and earned a few more pennies. Finally, she had her 25 cents. She rushed to the store, placed her little sacrifice on the counter, and claimed her doll. As she walked from the store, clutching the treasure in her arms, she was heard to say, I made you, I lost you, I bought you back, and now you are really mine. The true story from, I think it was last year's February in Reader's Digest. But I liked how the ending is, I made you, I lost you, I bought you back, you are really mine. When you think about it, there are several themes in there that talk about God and his saving love for us and what he has done for us. The story reminds us of who we are. We are God's children, saved through Christ. He made us, he saved us, and we are his. 
I think this story is a good illustration of that lesson we heard from 1 Corinthians. Paul, in this letter, is thankful that the people in Thessalonica have kept their faith in Jesus Christ. And I think that's perhaps maybe something for us is that it's an encouragement for us to keep encouraging others to keep in the faith, to thank others that, you know, you have such a strong faith or I thank you for being such a witness to me, you know, your faith has been on display and, and it, it can lead to amazing things among other people. You know, I've said many times that you might be the only Bible that someone else reads. Paul says, for we know, brethren, beloved by God, that he has chosen you. For our gospel came to you not only in word, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and with full conviction. So he reminds them where the power of faith has come from. It's come from Jesus Christ. It's come from his word. The power in his word through the Holy Spirit. He knows the message of Christ that has come to him. And Paul yet knows how difficult it is for them to remain in Christ. And so he prays for them. Again, another example for us today. God knows how difficult it is for us to remain in faith. With the so many pressures that are going on in our lives, in our jobs, in our world. And so it's just another reminder of being in prayer for one another. Uh, Paul says this, he says, We give thanks to God always for you, constantly mentioning you in prayers. As Paul prays for these people, he recalls and he remembers how they have worked to remain faithful to Christ worked to remain faithful to Christ. At some times, it's a pretty arduous task, isn't it? It may seem like a hard and difficult work with so many things against us. But again, Paul here is giving thanks to God. And it's a reminder for us, too. Paul says, Remembering before our God and Father your work of faith, and your labor of love, and your steadfastness in hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. So what does Paul here give thanks for these Thessalonians? He says, for their work of faith, for their labor of love, and their steadfastness in hope. I wanted this morning just briefly look at this topic of, of faith and hope. As we remember each other in prayer and as we hold each other up in prayer. I want to be clear though for just for a moment that when I talk about work of faith, 
I'm not talking about it in the context of salvation. Because in the context of salvation, it's a free gift given to us by Christ on the cross. But what I am speaking here of is remaining faithful to that salvation message that God has brought us through the Spirit and how he accomplished it through his death and resurrection. So the work of faith, what we do daily to remain connected to that source of our strength. In the meaning of the third article of the Creed, Martin Luther speaks about this dual aspect of faith. And he says, and I bet some of you can know this off the top of your heart, I believe that I cannot by my own reason or strength believe in Jesus Christ my Lord, but the Holy Spirit has called me by the gospel, enlightened me, and sanctified me, and kept me in the one true faith. Luther here adds the mention of gifts. Gifts that are given to the church to encourage one another to remain faithful. And what are those gifts? Word, sacrament, prayer, the fellowship of believers. Paul speaks about the work of faith in these Thessalonians. He says their work of faith can be described as laboring to keep the relationship with Christ. Laboring. I watched a few years ago, was it, I think it was in Hawaii, and Karen, you're going to have to maybe help me, but is it the Iron Man on, is that on Maui or the Big Island? Yeah, the, um, and just watching that and seeing and thinking at how much training that they had to do, how much self-discipline that had to go in their daily training for this event. I use that because I think that's similar to what Paul is saying here for the life of the Christian. We can no longer assume that because we have faith and love God, when we walk out of these doors, we will be fine. The world will treat us right because we're Christians. We no longer live in that world today. And then just think of some of the, the tragedies that hit us. The times we find ourselves in the hospital. These are all times that stretch our faith, that push us to the limits. I think that's why Paul is saying here it's laboring to keep the relationship with God. But don't lose heart because he has given to us everything that we need to accomplish that. As we stay in our relationship with Christ, 
we become new people, a new creation. Paul says in Romans chapter 8, he says, It is the Spirit himself bearing witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. Because of faith, we are heirs. An inheritance is waiting for us. Something that's not going to spoil or go bad. And what is that inheritance? It is spending eternity with our Heavenly Father. And so Paul urges these Thessalonians to keep going, to keep fighting the faith, keep holding on to that faith, because you are co-heirs with God. Peter even speaks about our status with God. He says, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's only people, that you may declare the wonderful deeds of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. First, I want to debunk that very first thing, you are a chosen race. Because there are a lot of people who will say that that applies to a specific group of individuals today. That's not what Peter is saying here. That we essentially are a collective group of people that's been given a new name, a new identity in Christ. Why? So that we can declare the good deeds. So that we can encourage others in their fight and in their battle with the evil one. Peter says that this genuineness of our faith is more precious than gold without seeing because we believe with joy. That's the Easter message, isn't it? Thomas. Thomas didn't want to believe. He wanted proof. But yet, Jesus said, Ha, blessed are those who have not seen yet believe. So our worker faith, as I said earlier, is grounded in the word and in the sacraments. And it is these that faith is distributed to his people so that we can remain as children of the light to be salt of this world. As our 75th anniversary theme last year was so that we can shine like the stars. You know, one of the things I like doing is night photography, going out, um, photography, um, pic photographing the Milky Way. And it's amazing when you get out of town to a totally dark area to, just to see the number of stars and think, wow. God wants us to shine like the stars. Why? So that others, when they see us, can know that the hope that we have within us. 
And then speaking of hope, Paul then goes on to speak not only of faith, but he speaks of hope. He is thankfulness for the steadfastness of hope that these Thessalonians have. A hope that sees the circumstances of life not in a negative way, but in a positive way in Christ. Knowing that in the end, There's only one person who's going to be able to solve X, Y, or Z or fix X, Y, or Z. And that is our Heavenly Father. This means that you and I can be triumphant in life with Christ, even in the sad parts of life, knowing that we are heirs. And we have that great inheritance waiting for us. We are a people of hope. A people of faith who can see the endless possibilities in life. We don't see dead ends when we're going through the dark tunnels of life. But we see and we experience hope that the light of Christ breaks through that darkness and gives us light. Paul ends and he says, and I pray of this, we give thanks to God always for you, constantly mentioning you in our prayers, remembering before our God and Father your work of faith and labor and love and steadfastness of hope in the Lord Jesus. I end with that prayer as a reminder for us to give thanks to God for all that we have, all that we are, all that we can become because of him. And then to remember to remain faithful because we have faith and hope. To God be the glory forever and ever. Amen. We now rise and confess our faith in the words of the Nicene Creed.